today's game, GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue presents Denver Game Day. Here's Nate Jackson and Noshawn Moreno. Game Day! Early morning kickoff happening right now, so if you are a betting man or a betting woman or a betting person, I don't know how you look hmm. at yourself. You're a person, though. And if you want to if you want to bet or if you got fantasy football going on, you better have those lineups set because the kickoff's happening like right now. Mm. Um, but some fun facts on this matchup here, this Denver Broncos Las Vegas Raiders matchup. In franchise history, the Broncos have played the Raiders eight times in week one of the NFL season, totaling a five and three record. Broncos 5-3 and three over the Raiders on opening games. Uh, of those eight games, five have been played at home with the team recording a 4-1 and one record in those contests. So although the Raiders historically have beat the Broncos more times than they've uh, lost to them here at home, the Broncos beat the record, beat the Broncos, <laughs> beat the Raiders four times out of five here at home in an opening game. Have you played the Raiders in an opening game? Of the season. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I'm not going to ask you to remember that. Yeah, because, yeah, listen, I didn't remember what I did last weekend. I, I was. Like, I actually yeah. remember hearing you uh, on with Z-Mac like, a couple weeks ago. He's like, what did you do last night? You're like, yeah, I watched this movie. He's like, what What movie did you watch? And you're like, I can't remember. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, you going to maybe try to remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I remember playing the Raiders in, a, in an opening game, at least one, maybe two, and it was a Monday, it was a Monday night game. And they, it was back when they would do the two, the doubleheader, the Monday night doubleheader for mm-hmm. opening weekend. And so uh, we'd be out there. And uh, we always put a whooping on them. Always put a whooping on these Raiders. But uh, times have changed. The Broncos lost six straight to the Raiders. <sighs> and it's just like, why? How? You know, <laughs> the Raiders haven't been good. But the Broncos haven't been good either. But um, you, you're supposed to find a way to beat this team. Um, and I think they're going to today. I think the Broncos are going to find a way to beat this team for a variety of reasons. One, um, what we were talking about earlier, the Raiders don't know what the Broncos are going to do. Mm-hmm. Josh is big on, on game planning, right? Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Raiders, big on game planning, big on preparing his team for every possible situation and scenario. But how do you prepare a team for a situation and scenario when you don't know what they're going to do? Yeah, man, for this game, um, uh, I'm, my fault. I was looking back and see. I did play them for a first Okay, first game, we lost that game. What the heck? What year? What year is this? 2011 year. Okay. We lost. It was the first game versus the Raiders. Is that home? Eh, whatever. Yeah, we lost that one. Um, what they're going to have to do is look at uh, some film from, from Sean Payton when he was with the Saints. I think that's the best thing for them to do, you know, um, He's bringing that offense over here to the Broncos, so obviously they're going to have some similarities and have some um, things in that game plan when he was with the Saints that they'll do the same here. So, yeah, go back and look at that um, look at that film and see what the Saints used to do. Um, defensive coordinator, uh, what team was he with, and uh, how did they run their de- defense, things like that. Yes, we're going to have some wrinkles and there's going to be dif- things different. Um, but to get some sort of clue on what's going on, you have to go back um, to previous years where the coach was was coaching that. So, but that's that's in our advantage. That's going to be great for us. It's going to be something new to them and they haven't seen before. So, um, that that gives us the upper hand in that in that aspect. 
Where else do the Broncos have an advantage today? I think on the defensive side. Uh, you look at our team, and we got some new additions to the team. With you know, uh, is Frank going to even play today? Is who Frank? Frank Luck. I don't know. Today? I'm sure he's he's playing, but I don't think he's starting. I think Jonathan oh, Cooper's Jonathan. getting the start. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, with him and Zach Allen, some new additions, and um, I think this defense is going to be flying around. Um, Justin Simmons in the backfield, uh, in the, in the back end, um, passes tail on the side. Of course, I just think this this defense has the advantage of flying around, um, playing with each other, and guys that can really get after it. So that's our advantage of being able to get after these Raiders today with the, on the defensive side. What about uh, who's the better quarterback? Who's got the better QB? Jimmy G or Russell Wilson? Man, that's a good one. Because I like Jimmy. I like Jimmy. I like his game. Um, stays on stays on target, stays within the game plan, which Russell, uh, Russell, which uh, Coach McDaniels likes. Um, the guy's going to stay on pace, stay on track, get the ball to where it needs to, get it out, um, be quick with it, right? Um, so I like I like Jimmy's game. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Now, you got to go first on that one. That, well, that's, that's a tough one for me. Jimmy G. Um, what he, don't you like about Jimmy? What, because he like Jimmy G makes three or four plays every game where it's like, what are you doing? He throws it to the other team. Like, like, like you know, WTF plays. <laughs> Three or four of them every game. You know, I grew up a 49er fan, so so I, I follow the 49ers. And um, I, oh, my friends back home are obsessed with the 49ers. So, um, and obviously Kyle Shanahan's coaching there and brought the, the, the Shanahan offensive system there. And I'm impressed with what the 49ers have done team-wise. And they built a team that, allowed, that allows their quarterback to succeed. It doesn't have to be the best quarterback on earth to do it. Hmm. Brock Purdy is, is evidence of that, right? The last player selected in last year's draft – is now their starter, and they moved on from Trey Lance, a guy they moved mountains to get, and Sam Darnold's backing up Brock Purdy there. It's really about operating the system. You talked about Jimmy G being good at that, and he was. Yeah. He is good at operating that system. Um, but this is a different system than the one that he operated in San Francisco. Um, he's back, reunited with Josh. you got to remember he was with Josh in New England. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G backed up Tom Brady. Famously, Tom Brady didn't want him around anymore. And got him traded, and um, he went to San Francisco and had a lot of success. I heard you and Mac talking about it a couple of days ago. The winning percentage of Jimmy Garoppolo is very impressive. Mm. So he finds a way to win. But so does Russell Wilson, or at least has until the last couple of years. Russell Wilson was the fastest quarterback in the history of the NFL to 100 wins. That's what he did well. Why are you rolling your shit? But you're all about Jimmy G? But you're shrugging your shoulders. Fastest guy to wins. Hundred like, wins is a lot. Okay, right. so what's great about Jimmy? I don't know. It's just something about Jimmy, man. That hair. Yeah, his hair. He's got looking when he looks at you in the eye. Yeah, the, the hair, man, it just flows. Now, uh, I don't know, man. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't have it with his legs like I think Russell Not was even capable close, to do. You know, Jimmy um, takes off and he just like. Tears his ACL. He, he, like, <laughs> he, looks, he looks strange. A couple years ago, he tore his ACL in San Francisco on this weird sideline play. He tried to scramble for some extra yards. He tried to take on a, a tackler like with a shoulder, and then he landed weird on his leg, and boop, Mm-mm. it just went. So you want your quarterback staying in the pocket. I do. Um, you know what? I'm going to give the upper hand to Russ here. I'm going to give the upper hand to Russ um, just just for the body of work alone that he's done in the past. Um 
went out there. You can you can see him. He still has the arm. He still has the legs to get it done. Um, it's more so that age, man, and if that body can hold up. So I'll give the I'll give the edge to Russ on this one, even though I do like Jimmy G. I do like this game, and I just the younger guy. He has an arm on him, and I just like how he stays on pace and does exactly what he needs to do when it comes to short game and just getting the ball out. So, well, Jimmy G has a career record of forty and seventeen, so that's pretty good. Not bad. Pretty Not good bad. Um, winning comp- winning winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Career completion percentage, 67.6. 87 touchdowns to 42 interceptions. Whereas Russell Wilson. Yeah, what's Russell at? Russell Wilson, ever. y'all. 108, 64, and 1. So he's won roughly, you know, 68 more games than Jimmy. Um, the, com- the winning percentage is about the same there. Mm-hmm. He's thrown. 308 touchdowns mm, hundreds, hundreds. to Jimmy's 87. Okay, how many picks does Russell Russell throw? has... Uh, nah, that's a lot. Yeah. Man, that's what that means. He's got 98, 98 picks. Why Why is your mouth open? That's a lot of picks. But, I was going to say 300, but... But it's 3 to 1. It's 3 to 1 touchdowns right. to 87. That's a good ratio. That's a good ratio. Right, right. Jimmy's actually is 2 to 1. He's got 42 picks to 87 touchdowns. And Jimmy got like what? It's like year six or something for him. No, more than that, man. Really? Jimmy, Seven? this is this is year ten for Jimmy. Ten piece, ten piece chicken McNuggets. What? And Russell with a sweet and sour sauce. Russell like fifteen barbecue, baby. Oh my goodness! No, Russell's at twelve here. Twelve? That's right. Where am I at this, with my uh, times? <laughs> I'm all way we, off. We've landed on the moon. Yes, we have. <laughs> all right. Um, Interesting. No, but Jimmy, Jimmy hasn't like played. As much, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, Jimmy's rookie year, he suits up six games, but he doesn't play at all. Uh, He's got, you know, he goes 19 of 27 in his rookie year. Yeah, you can do that. He goes one for four in his second year. Mm. In his third year, he actually got 63 attempts, goes 43 of 63. He goes 2-0 and as a backup, but he didn't really get any actual, actual, and he's only played in 16 games once. Yeah, see, one time. Interesting. One time has he played an entire season Dang. without getting hurt. Uh, last year he was seven and three, before getting hurt and getting benched, not benched, getting replaced by Brock Purdy, and then mm. yeah, they, and then they felt they can move on. So if he can stay healthy, it seems, and, and he's on the field, I mean, he's pretty successful, man. I mean, yeah, twenty nine, uh, twenty nineteen was his best year in San Francisco. He went thirteen and three, played in every game. Uh, 69.1 completion percentage, 27 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. That was his best mm. season of his career. But in 2020, he goes 3-3, three and three, yep. got hurt. Uh, 2021, 9-6, and six, and then last year, 7-3. So Jimmy yeah, G. I think the pieces as well are different. Yes, so. yes. Okay, so how's Jimmy G going to operate in a different system where, and, and, you know, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the NFL, but does he have a connection with Jimmy G? Because Derek Carr was... Well, I went to college with with uh, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So that connection, man, that never dies. Like I could I could go meet up with my college quarterback right now. We could like we could do some things. What? Okay. Of course, yeah. Huh. Because that that connection never goes away. Understandable. But you know, they try to build that connection, that camaraderie, and um, getting a feel for each other during um, the off season, man, and during uh, training camps and things like that. Trying to get on the same page. So they have had time. To kind of get familiar with each other, 
Um, is it going to be the best to have they gotten to game situations where, you know, it's a must-have and it's a needed down and the needed play? No, right? But um, we're going to see. We're going to see how that all comes together. But they've had time to, to figure each other out and see what they, uh, one likes over the other. So they have some time. But I think the big piece uh, for the Raiders is um, getting this, this run game going, getting Josh uh, Josh Jacobs going in the run game. It seems like he's always had a big game versus the Broncos, right? So I think they need to lean on his shoulders um, to kind of get the offense going and then kind of try to pick pick apart the defense after that. Uh, update on an early game. The 49ers out to a 7 nothing lead over Ooh. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brock Purdy throwing an 8-yard touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle's got a catch for 11 yards. Christian McCaffrey's already got three carries for 26 yards. Um, and so looks like the Niners received the kick, moved the ball right down the field there in Pittsburgh and have scored a touchdown to go up 7-0. That's the only score thus far in these early games. The uh, Panthers are at the Falcons. Bengals are at the Browns. Jags at the Colts. Bucks at the Vikings. Titans at the Saints. Cardinals at the Commanders. And the Texans at the Ravens. All those are scoreless except the 49ers, who put up seven uh, on the Steelers. Well, we're talking about Devontae Adams. What, were you about to say something? No, it wasn't nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was getting off of the t- I was going to ask you, were you surprised about the Chiefs and Lions game? Um, when I was with, I was on the radio with uh, Zach Byes, um, and we were talking about all the, the first game um, games for the Chiefs in Mahomes and that how right. he usually goes ham in that first game to come out with the victory. When I was listening to that, I was like, "Well, it's got to it's got to break at some point." Like if you've never thrown an interception in Week One, right? Eventually, you're going to. He like jinxed it. I feel like you think by it was putting that? it in the universe. Yeah, he's like, "Look at all the last five years. Look at the yeah. look at these stats." And I'm like. Bro, why'd you do that? Zach Bay is a very powerful man. Yes. Right? Yes. But, um, no, man, eventually your your streaks are going to get snapped. Mm. Eventually you're going to get, like, reckoned with. I don't know. The Chiefs eventually are going to be bad. Yeah. Is this the year? Do you think the Chiefs are on the downfall here? I mean, Super Bowl hangover. They got guys, they got guys holding out. They got, you know, the best offensive, second best off- offensive player hurt. Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy has moved on. I don't think we made a mu- a, a, enough about that right. the other night. It was all about oh Travis Kelsey wasn't in there. What about oh, Eric Bieniemy? You know, true, what right. about that kind of chemistry that they have on game day? His ability to, I don't know, uh, inject his his opinion because Andy Reid went for it on fourth and twenty five from his own territory with all of his timeouts or at least two of them um, and over two minutes on the clock, down one. Um, that was a, that was an interesting decision there. Yeah, um, but, I was just thinking about. So, it. so were you? It was interesting. Other than that, like you know, what do you what did you think of that game? Yeah, it was interesting. I think we were uh, as good as the Chiefs are. I don't think they're um, taking a step back at all necessarily from last year. Uh, I think they're um, they're still a really really good team, but we're underestimating how good of uh, the Lions team, um, how good they are. Right, um, got some really good pieces there in the draft and. Um, Jared Goff played really well, game, a really good game. So I, I think they were just downplaying how how good the Lions actually are. Um, and shoot, that was one of the the games on, on the schedule for the for the Broncos. I was like, okay, we should win that one. But now it's one of those that you might have to cross off and say it's going to be a, a, a tougher game than we thought. Um, just by seeing them beating the Chiefs, 
See, when people talk about that, like the schedule, oh, that's a win, that's a win, that's uh-huh. a loss. I'm like, I laugh at that. Yeah. because Yeah, because the teams you think are going to be good might not be. The teams you think are going to suck might actually be good. It happens every year. And they change. You can get better as the season exactly. goes on. Okay. So when everyone's like, oh, the first half of the schedule is easy, the second half, they better be, you know, five and three after their first eight games. Why, the, vo- why the voice because like that? Because they don't, you know, her, her. Because usually, like, you know, I don't know. Because that, I like I like they doing go, voices. Yeah. I like her. Right. Her. You know, her. But um, everyone's a, a tough game. Yeah. Have you ever gone into a game like this is going to be easy? <laughs> Do you remember doing that? Do you remember just like an easy team where like we know we're going to win and we did. We didn't really have to worry about it. Mm. Did that ever happen in your NFL career? Not necessarily. You you look at the team that you're going against and you, you say, oh, man, we can really put up some points on these boys. Um, you, you look at the film and you see there's little um, chinks in the armor where you can take advantage of. So you're like, OK, we can definitely put some points on these boys. Right. But you, you, know, but you take them seriously. Yeah, you take them seriously at right. all times. Right. You have to. Your preparation is the same every week. Right. But so that's know. why that's why I think like, you know, Sean Payton, when he's asked about the rivalry, like how much does this game mean? It's a delicate subject to touch for an NFL coach because you know that every game you got to get up for. Mm-hmm. And if you make one game more important than the next, you're going to you're going to have a letdown. You're going to have an imbalance in the force. You're going to, you know, you have to take each opponent equally as seriously and take one week at a time. Have to. Um so you talked about the idea that you're looking at a team on film and you realize you can exploit them and put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. What was it like being a part of that process with Peyton Manning at the helm, mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, was more well-prepared and talented at the line of scrimmage than anybody we've ever seen in, in the sport. He was like, you know, a Picasso there. <laughs> yes, um, did you, you had to, you had to feel pretty good going into each game that you had the kind of game plan and plan to exploit your, your def- or your, your opponent. Oh, for sure. I mean, we know how smart and how great of a player Payton was. Um, just so knowledgeable of the game and, it seemed like he he was playing chess out there, honestly, and everyone else was playing checkers. He was five steps ahead of everyone. All right, if they come out in this situation, this formation, we're going to switch to this play. We we might get up to the line of scrimmage, and he sees something in that defense, and he calls a play that we ran three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that we maybe schemed for a certain a certain team, but it looks good in this situation. He might just bring it up at the line of scrimmage, and you're like, I'm saying you got like ten seconds to figure out what the heck is going. Like, bro, wait a minute. What play is that? I'm like, look at the side. I'm looking at Coach Eli. He like, everyone's run this way. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I remember that play. Omaha. Oh, uh-huh. But that, but that's the fortunate part of being right next to Payton as well. Right. Because I just go walk right up to him. Like, hey, bro, what, what we got here? Man, didn't even yeah, tell like, you. Hey, what we got? Hey, uh, check release. Check release. I'm like, got you. You know what I'm saying? I love that. But, yeah. What is check release? You check for a blitzer. If there's no yep. blitzer, you release into the flat for a nice little. Yeah, release uh, on the flat or angle nice route. check down. Yep, something to just be in his vision that he can just get the ball down to me just in case. You ever you ever have, you know, go check release, you're out there, they throw <laughs> you the ball? Oh. Well, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say, have you ever been to the time where you checked, you released, and then turned around, and the dude that you checked, he comes on a blitz. Yeah, they they used to do that all the time. It's like a little little peak delayed, board, little delayed. Yeah, little delayed uh, blitz where you know the uh, linebacker will be lined up like he about to blitz and turn his whole back turn like he about to go out on flat or something like that. And then you're like, oh, okay, well he's not coming. Yeah, and you go out on your route, and then all of a sudden he just turns back around, and just gotcha, boom, gotcha. 
that's there's been plenty of times where that happened to me where I was like, Coach, he didn't come. We're we're both looking at the, uh, the you know how to give you the sheets on the sideline. You know yeah. what I mean? The little printout of what the defense <laughs> is, and it's like, well, who's this guy right here in the backfield? I'm like, that's not my guy, Coach. He didn't come. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he did. There's uh, a lot of disguising going on. A lot of disguising with defenses, and it's it's not always easy to read it. You know what I mean? Like. As a wide receiver, it's easier to read as a quarterback because you're stationary. You're standing still. You're not moving 100 miles an hour. When you're, a, when you're running a route through space, it's not always easy to see what the coverages are. They're rolling it last minute. They're disguising it. Your eyeballs are bouncing around in your head because you're sprinting. <laughs> like, do you think you could be able to read a book while you're running as fast as you could? No, you can't. It's hard to read while you're sprinting. Oh, that's classic, yeah. right? So for like, so for a quarterback to be like, D- can't you see it? Like, I, well, you can see it because you're not moving. <laughs> I'm moving at full speed, so it's a little harder. That's why the connection between the quarterback receivers are so important. The reps in the off season so important. The unspoken stuff so important. Where we know where each other's going to be without having to talk about it. Yeah, my fault. You you were saying have I ever what caught the ball? Oh no, here's what I was going to say. Uh, check release, you come right out of the backfield, they throw you the ball, you think you're going to catch it with some room in front of you, and then you catch it, you just get blown up right oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been, yeah, there's been some times like that, but you would hope that the quarterback doesn't try to, doesn't set you up, where he he sees that flat defender coming downhill, and he doesn't throw it, or he maybe throws it low or something like that so you don't get blown up. Um, Do you but, get mad at the quarterback when you get blown up? No, nah, that is what it is. Like Payton? Nah, I don't. Because when you when you release two on your route, you gotta you gotta take a snapshot of of the defenders and how far they are and where they are at that time. So if I'm running now in the flat, I'm I'm instantly getting my eyes out on that on that cornerback. Is he is he sitting? Is he dropping with the wide receiver? So I know how much time I get when when I, that ball does come to me in the flat. So isn't it crazy? I don't know if you have this thought when you're watching the college game versus the program, how much more space there is in the college game. The, the hash marks are Some wider. Hashes, yeah. the, hash. the hash marks are wider. And then when you have like a speed advantage, you can really use that in college. You think we need that in the NFL? The hashes? Yeah, the hashes. That would be, be interesting. What do you think? Widen them a little bit. Would that, uh, that would open up a lot of things. It would. Oh my goodness! It's it's interesting so to, to watch how the it, it would be. Well, but but the players are faster in the NFL because the the disparity is is not as much as like in college. If you have some skill position players who are just so much faster, you can take advantage of that space so much better because the defense can't keep up with these guys. Mm. But in the NFL, everybody's kind of just as fast. So I don't think the space would look as crazy as it does in college if you widen the hash marks a little bit. But it would be interesting. It might open things up a little more. You know what I mean? And if and if uh, it's scoring that the NFL likes because they like points, then maybe they would wide them out about a yard or something. That's crazy to think about. I never thought about that. Yeah. It changes the angles, man. Mm-hmm. It changes the angles in the passing game. It changes, you know, how much sp- space you can exploit, the things you can the, – the pressure you can put on a defense. That will almost hinder you, though, because you feel like, yeah, you're on that boundary. You're on that boundary on that hash. It's so small on that side. Yeah. Hmm. But then, but then you can actually take advantage of that that, uh, that small side, the the short side, mm-hmm. you know, because they're stacking the other side, and they think that's where you're going, and all of a sudden, beep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Never thought about it. I love it. I love it. All right, so uh, a little update on some of these early games going on. The 49ers have scored a touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brock Purdy to Brandon Ayuk. And the Titans and the Saints are locked up at three. Uh both of those field goal kickers have, have made their kicks. Congratulations to them. And um, that means, um, well, oh, no. 
Also, the Jags are up 7-0 on the Indianapolis Colts. Trevor Lawrence has thrown a touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, fresh off his suspension for betting some sort of prop bet on an NFL guy. Um, had, had to sit out all last year. Mm. And he's already, well, four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown for Calvin Ridley. So happy for that young man. Getting back on the field after being punished by the NFL for doing exactly what they're doing. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. That's going to be an ongoing saga here um, as we move along. Full-throated endorsement of the gaming world, gambling world. But uh, you can't participate, so we'll see if any of these NFL players get caught up in the system. Uh, we hope not. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. All right. When we get back, we're going to continue to preview this Raiders-Broncos matchup. We got to beat the Raiders. We hate the Raiders. We know that. Sean Payton knows that. He's afraid to say it. But what matchups are we looking forward to seeing? That's next. Hey, it's DMAC. You know, one of the most rewarding things we can do is pass on lessons we've learned through mentorship. Find out how you can get involved at denversports.com slash mentor. Be a mentor. Be a fan. Presented by Mountain High Appliance. The Schlereth and Evans Breakfast Club is back. Broadcasting live Monday morning, September 11th from 6 to 9 at Sam's Number 3 downtown on 15th and Curtis. Come meet me and Stank. Talk opening weekend and chow down on Denver's best breakfast burrito. That's September 11th at Sam's, number three, downtown. Settle down, class. Colin, you're up. My fellow students, for today's show and tell, I present to you my phone. It's made with glass and an array of precious metals I can't pronounce. (coughs) It's powered by Xfinity Mobile, so it's fast. Anyway, with Xfinity Mobile, we save hundreds of dollars a year. It's like being in a secret club that's open to everyone. Like mathletes or robotics, but for savings. Now, if you all take a handout. Colin, what are these? I'm quizzing the class on the material. Xfinity Mobile is the fastest mobile service with 5G cellular and millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Switch and save hundreds a year with the best price for two lines of Unlimited. Just $30 a line a month. Visit Xfinity.com slash fastest mobile to learn more. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Unlimited intro service and Xfinity internet required. Numbers lowest price 5G plans of top three carriers. Taxes and fees extra. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage. Data thresholds may vary. If you're a current homeowner, you certainly have noticed that your home has gone up exponentially over the last three years. That means that you have a significant amount of equity to put to work. If you're someone who's also accumulated some debt, you can put that equity to work and save money each and every month. At Ideal Home Loans, we can have you paying less on all your bills, including your mortgage. Imagine paying less interest on everything. To find out more, call us today at 303-867-7000. At Ideal Home Loans, there's a reason an overwhelming majority of our clients come back again and again and send us their friends and their family. It's simple. We make the process easy and we go through the process so that you understand every single step. Find out how mortgages can be made simple. Call Ideal Home Loans today at 303-867-7000. And if you're someone with student loan debt, payments are going to resume in October. Call us before you get behind 303-867-7000 or online idealhomeloans.com. Equal opportunity lender regulated by DORA, NMLS 136756. For terms and conditions, call 844-45-IDEAL. 
There are few things more wonderful in life than intimacy. But when erectile dysfunction harms intimacy, it can have devastating effects on a relationship. This is Jeff for the Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, and I want you to know today that we can treat your ED and give you back the joy of loving without fear again. At the Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, we're experts in treating ED. And as a permanent partner practice, we've successfully treated nearly 100,000 men across the nation. Unlike pop-up wave clinics or online pill pushers, we have a variety of treatment options and treatment combinations to address your specific medical situation. And our treatments have efficacy rates that are well over 90%, which means if you're like most guys, you won't have to deal with ED anymore. Beyond this, you could even last up to an hour or more and bring the joy of intimacy back to your relationship. So call us. Your initial visit is only $99 and includes blood work, a medical consult, and if medically advised, a test dose. And if that test dose doesn't work in the office, your visit is free. Call 720-440-7900 or go to RockyMountainMensClinic.com. We have five clinics across the front range to serve you. What's up, fellas? CJ here to tell you about my new podcast, Black and Gold Weekly. We'll talk Colorado football with my VIP friends all season long. Watch it on demand at DenverSports.com or listen wherever you get your podcast. Presented by BetSafe Colorado, the newest sports book in Colorado and the exclusive club for passionate and responsible sports fans across the state. That's Black and Gold Weekly on DenverSports.com or your favorite podcast app. Get your caffeine fix at Whole Foods Market. Save 25% on all packaged coffee with Prime through September 12th. Save on the best brew to get you through the morning rush. While supplies last, shop in-store or online. Terms apply. Scott Graham here from Westwood One. Primetime Sunday Night Football kicks off with a Week 1 NFC East battle when Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys travel to New York to face Daniel Jones and the Giants. Ryan Radke and Mike Golick will have the call from the Meadowlands on air and on the free live stream sponsored by AutoZone. Join us for all the action on Sunday Night Football. Right here on The Fan. your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If you're making the minimum payments, but your balance is just not going down, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it will take years to get out of debt, call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 5 million people. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. If you're struggling with credit card debt, call Consolidated Credit now. Call now, 800-552-6750. That's 800-552-6750. 800-552-6750. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated, 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Not a loan company licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services or by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19, Oregon DM80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation, commission license number DC32. Establishment of a plan may adversely affect the individual's credit rating or credit scores. Non-payment of debt may be creditors to increase financial charges or collections activity, including litigation. Getting you set for today's game. GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue presents Denver Game Day. Here's Nate Jackson and Noshawn Moreno. That's right. Just let it kind of matriculate, let it percolate. Because it's game day. I'm rocking here with Noshawn Moreno. Legendary Broncos running back. Yeah, you like that? You're a legend, man. Legend. Oh, oh, my bad, coach. <laughs> coach. Oh, my bad, coach. So, 
Eleven thirty right now. Eleven thirty. The game starts at two twenty-five. Okay. Right. Was it when you played with the Broncos? Was the rule that you had to be in the locker room by twelve? Was that what it was? Yeah, it was two uh, hours a couple, before. Yep, two hours, two hours before. Yep. What was your game day routine like? You know, you're waking up in your room there at the at the hotel, mm-hmm. right? And we got to stay in our own hotel rooms. Um, not every team does that. Sometimes you have to have a roommate. Yeah, you do have to have a roommate sometimes, which would suck. Because <laughs> right? you want to, he wants some privacy, right? What was your What was your pregame ritual like? Um, because football players are, are ritualistic. Yeah, I would get there right at the two hour mark. Like you know, what I mean, I, I didn't need to get there three hours before the game. It's like, bro, what are we gonna do for this long? But no, nah, wake up. You got to jump out the bed. I'm talking about like jump <laughs> about that thing. You got to get just you know you can you might lay there, roll open the curtains like whoosh. yes. Yeah. Like it's almost like that. Throw the music yeah. on. Open up the blinds. You're like, let's go. Game day. Getting ready. You know, you do your little thing. Get ready. You slap um, yourself in the face mm, or like splash some you water. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, you can do all those things. But uh, I would definitely stop at the gas station and give me a little five hour energy. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. I would have to stop <laughs> by there, give me a little five hour, maybe a Red Bull or something like that. But it was always like, I had the guy at five hour, so I would stop there, boom, get a little some some some, and then hit the road and. I know people were probably looking at me in their cars because I'll have the music blasting, windows down. It doesn't matter if it was cold. Windows down, music blasting. I'm just in my zone. Like, <laughs> get to that stadium. You know, in all history after that, you know, you walk in and you're feeling good about yourself, feeling good. You know, it's game day. All that work and preparation you put in uh, the week before, get ready for this team. Now it's like, it's time to have fun now. It's time to yeah. have fun and execute this game plan that we put together. And let's put some points on the board, man. Let's put some points on the board, and let's. I, I'm looking for that. Da-na-na, da-na-na. You know, so I got that in the back of my head. Like, I, I need. I want to see a highlight today. Do you think these Broncos feel the same way? Like they're just like ready to cut, get cut loose, or are they like, oh my gosh, here we go again? Because this long ESPN Seth Wickersham article that came out last week had some pretty interesting nuggets in it. One of them was. This dude, Seth, had access to Sean Payton. He knows him pretty well. He was in his office when they were watching the film after the joint practice with the Rams. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. And Sean Payton was concerned about the body language of his team. Concerned that they're not getting excited for one another after a big play. Concerned that they're dwelling on their mistakes and letting that carry into the next play. Concerned that they are familiar with being losers, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. How do you... How do you coach him into being more confident, into feeling like winners? Or do you just have to go out and win? And winning is that that remedy for that. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Getting out there and um, taking the positives when they come and, and, and celebrating those things. Um, so, yeah, getting out there and winning uh, will knock that rust off at the same time. And often you want to try to get players in that, that come from other teams that have success and have – a winning uh, tradition. So they went out and got a couple players that did win with other teams, right? So you can kind of bring that winning culture to your team from free agency and from uh, other places. So you want to do that as a coach, but at the end of the day, it's those guys in the locker room. It's up to you at the at the end of the day. And shoot, I would be pissed off too if I'm looking at the film and after, you know, after a mistake, everyone has their heads down. Oh, or, man. you know what I'm saying? Or after a big play, Everyone's just running back to the huddle. Yeah. No, well, what? Yeah, go it's, celebrate with you your You better go celebrate. Yeah. And the Rams are doing it. Yeah. That's why I couldn't do a joint practice. Because I'm going to be too fired up. It's going to turn into a live. 
uh, and and I'm fighting, and I'm fighting, and I'm fighting, bro, because that would piss me off. Out, you know, we out there, we celebrate, we score, and everyone's running back, and I'm in the end zone, like, bro, if y'all don't come down here, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, you gotta bring that energy. Um, and hopefully there's some guys on this team that that do bring that energy and bring that juice. Um, and can celebrate when things are going well, but when things are going bad, don't hang your head and it's on to the next play. It's on to the next play. You think that uh, we think and we think of Russ as one of those players to be able to do that. Yeah, the energy is something you can control. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you got to go out and hit him first and come with some some fire, come with some electricity, come with some energy. Take it to them. Take the fight to them. How important is running the football right off the bat to be able to do that? Do you have to establish the run right off? Does that allow the offense to establish their physicality just from square one? You can. Um, it, it really can do that. Uh, sets the tone of the game is what I was trying to get to, um, where it's like, you know, that first play, you just, hey, we're running the play. They know we're running, and it's like us versus you. What is this game going to be like? And, and that can get you into the rhythm and get you into uh, gelling where you're, the, you're coming off the ball, you're pushing the guys back, you gain five on that first play. You're like, all right, let's do it. This is the day to do it, uh, and this is the time to get it done. So I think it can. I think it can um, set that momentum, and, and that's what I'm doing as a running back. Uh, that first first series, first quarter, I'm not really even trying to make people miss. I'm running through you to let you know, like, bro, it's going to be a long day. And if you want to come and try to tackle me, man, we're going to have some explosion. We're going to have some plays um, throughout this whole game. So I, I love being able to run the ball uh, in the beginning of the game. And it kind of gets that those jitters and the, the butterflies out of the stomach as well. So let me ask, uh, you know, sort of a tactical question about that thought you just had about right at the beginning of the game, you're not trying to juke anybody, you're trying to run through them. Does that set you up? for later in the game to actually juke them when they think you're going to run through them, all of a sudden they're off balance because they think they got to bring the wood. You sidestep them, you're off to the races. Oh, yeah, you're, you're totally right about that. I love that. Yes, um, later on in the game, they might think you're trying to run through them. It's keeping them off, it's keeping them off guard. They don't know what you're going to do. They don't know if you're going to hit them with the eh-eh or you're going to just run through them. So, um, but early in the game, I'm running through you, letting you know that it's going to be a long day. Because that's, I mean, I, you got. I was one of those players, and you got to be a player that wants to take it to the defense. Yep. You don't want to just sit in there and let them tee off on you. Nah, it's not going to be that kind of game, bro. I'm I'm delivering the blow um, first, and then late, like you said, like you mentioned later on in the game, they might think that you're going to you know bowl over them, and you hit them with something like that, and you take it to the crib. So yep. it's playing chess with their minds as well. You could do the same thing as a wide receiver. So I what came. What y'all in, do? Let me see. What y'all do? Well, I came into the league as a wide receiver. I didn't get to, get to catch as many balls as I would have liked. But in college, I caught a lot of passes. And what you do is the same thing. You catch a hitch in the first quarter, and I turn around. I don't see a lot of room there. I'm putting my uh, helmet in your chest. Okay. And the DB's like, "Oh, oh, that's how it's going to be." <laughs> right. I, I'm happy to get tackled right there and gain an, an extra five yards instead of trying to take it to the house because later. You're going to be afraid of that, and I'm going to go around you. The same way is the the same case can be made in the running game, you know. As um, as a receiver, now, you know, I haven't seen these receivers come off and deliver a blow in the running game. But if you come off the ball in the first running play, and I'm a receiver, and I hit you in the mouth as a DB, you go, oh, 
This is going uh, to yeah. – I got to worry about that too. That doesn't typically happen, I feel like. Because the DBs don't want to tackle. Right. They don't want that action. I, so if I come uh, off and I smack you, then you're worried about that the rest of the game. Next time I come off like that, you might be worried about it again. I go around you. You know, there's a lot of mind right. games you can play with these DBs if you come off the ball physical in the first quarter as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Corlin Sutton do that, man. He is a he is a beast. He's tall, big, strong. He's, he's bigger and stronger than any DB he's going to face. Mm. So use that, Cortland. If you're listening right now, Cortland, <laughs> and you're driving into the stadium, come off the ball and smack him right off the bat. That'll set you up for the second half and really allow you to exploit <laughs> this uh, this defense. Yeah, he's listening to us right now. <laughs> uh, you better have that music. Go get in that zone, baby. What if this is how he gets pumped no up? Way. No way. listen to sports radio before the game. I want to hear what they're saying. What? Were you one of the ones that, that paid attention to the nah. sports talk sports talk or not. ESPN and no, all those things? No, no, yeah. man. No, but, like, I don't feel uh, – and that's that's what I think was, like, what's sort of wrong with this generation of athletes. They're paying attention too much to all this yeah. stuff. But they can't escape it because of social media because that's where they develop their brand and that's where they connect with fans. And, mm. you know, it's they cannot escape it. Back when I played, there was no Twitter. There was no – Instagram. There was like Facebook, but mm-hmm. nobody paid attention to that. And it wasn't this like constant chatter that they couldn't avoid. Yes, the fan existed, but we weren't listening. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to be able to turn that stuff off um, and, and, and get away from it. You, you know, you see uh, LeBron James does it. When when they hit the playoffs, he, no social media. He's yeah. off of all of it. Yeah. Right? And I think... Um, don't let these voices into your mind. We, yeah. we don't know what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Especially, the, like, I don't know, uh, steel trap, steel trap mind. And that's what happened with Brandon McManus. He let everybody into his kitchen, man. He started I- interacting with Twitter trolls and stuff, and he cared more about what uh, what the online world thought of him than his actual teammates because he was rolling his teammates under the bus to win an argument with a Twitter troll about wow. why he missed the kick. Who cares, man? Hmm. It's about you guys on that team. If you're on your way to the stadium right now, you're about to be a part of a sellout streak. 432 straight games for Denver. Denver owns the NFL home record sellout streak for a single city. And that's going to be 433 today. So uh, be loud. Be proud. Those Raider fans are going to be there. I hope you guys shut them up. We're going to give our predictions how this game's going to go. That's next. Getting you set for today's game. GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue presents Denver Game Day. Here's Nate Jackson and Sean Moreno. It's almost time. Can you feel it bubbling up inside of you? I know you've been saving this energy for, seems like, a year. We're finally on the doorstep of the Broncos Getting off the schneid. Um, A lot of optimism, a lot of hope, but tempered expectations because we don't know what we're going to see from Sean Payton. We're going to give our predictions here in a minute. But I'm going to update you guys on some scores around the league. The Jags and the Colts are tied up 7-7. Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback for the Colts, um, 6-7 for 56 yards, and he rushed for a touchdown, 4 for 21. That dude's a beast. I love him, man. I love it. Um I mean, he didn't have uh, two great numbers at college, right? So it was a lot of um, – it? it was up in the air on his talent and what he can really do at the next level. You saw him in the combine. He looked really great. Yeah. It's just his body of work in college wasn't 
uh, wasn't too great, right? So you didn't know what you were getting, but it sounds good so far. I like him as a player. Me too. Um, you know, I, I, seven. I'm always a little skeptical about the quarterback who's just is the best athlete on the field because he gets pulled into that that action and he eventually is going to get hurt. I mean, that's just how it goes, man. Like, when have you seen the best athlete on the field be the quarterback and that work for everyone? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Lamar, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens up 7-0 on the Texans. Lamar, 7-8 of eight for 60 yards. He's Jake, been hurt a little bit, though, too. Though. He has been hurt a, a lot. Bit, a little yeah, bit, yeah. Little bit. He, he's had a hard time finishing seasons. Yep, Last fault. year in particular, he was, wasn't was wasn't right. Yep, yep, my fault. Uh, no, no, you're good. I mean, these guys are incredibly talented. I just, like, you don't mm-hmm. – if you leave the pocket, eventually you are going to get hurt. Justin Fields, best athlete on the field. He's got to find a way to stay in the pocket and protect himself. If, uh, you know – if a team wants success, you have to have some availability at quarterback and some consistency. Peyton Manning knew he couldn't pick up the first down even if he wanted to, so he just didn't try. But that made him available. Tom Brady, same thing. Phillip Rivers, same thing. Eli Manning. Like all these kind of quintessential pocket quarterbacks, they knew that that's where they belonged in that pocket behind 1,500 pounds of meat. <laughs> the meat wall. The meat wall. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, J.K. Oh, Dobbins, running back for the Baltimore Ravens, got in the end zone there. So, okay. Ravens up 7-0. Falcons up 7-0 on the Panthers. Falcons played at home. Desmond Ritter, 4-5 for zero yards, but one touchdown. How do you throw for zero yards and a touchdown? That's what that's question here. Uh, but B. John <laughs> Robinson caught that touchdown pass. I like so, B. John. Yeah. Do you like Bijan or just regular yellow mustard? <laughs> Get it? You're crazy. I like Bijan. Dijon. Dijon mustard. Um, okay, the Browns, Cleveland Browns up 3 nothing on I'm the not Bengals. I'm a mustard guy. You're not a mustard guy? No, I'm a ketchup. I throw the ketchup on that thing, the hot sauce. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big mustard. You like relish? I'm, I'm not a relish guy. You like you relish the... You relish with my sauerkraut. No. I'm not a sauerkraut dude. You said that like it was something sauerkraut. with me. No, 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 I'll eat sauerkraut by itself. You will not. Yes. No, you it's won't. It's healthy for you. What is it? Isn't it cabbage? Yeah, I guess it is. But what's like? What makes it sauerkraut? What makes it? Know, the juices is in that thing. I don't know. <laughs> what goes into sauerkraut, guys? Help us out. Three hundred three. <laughs> I know we can look it up, but why look it up when we got you guys on the Rumbleslot.com oh, text line three zero three seven one three one zero four three. What do you put on your hot dogs? See, me, I'm a, I'm a just a ketchup and mustard guy. Every once in a while, I load it up. Mm. I like a chili cheese dog. Mm. Now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, but ketchup and mustard, I'm, I'm good with I that. Like honey mustard. Honey mustard on the hot dog? Yeah, they can throw that on the hot dog. Um, someone on the RamosLaw.com text line saying, Mahomes leaves the pocket. Yeah, he does. He but, does leave the pocket. But he, what, what, what he's learned how to do is to avoid getting hit. Like, he doesn't get hit very often. And that's the that's the magic. Like, that's the goal there. You can leave the pocket, of course. That's where, like, a lot of plays are made. Mm-hmm. And if you have the ability with your legs to do that. But I think Mahomes understands that the more he gets hit, the less available he's going to be. He had his injury. You know, he had that ankle last year. Was able to push through it. But that thing was a little worse. There goes their Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So, you want to dish the ball. Like, Russell Wilson was sacked 55 times last year, no shot. In 15 games. That's crazy. Shador Sanders sacked eight times last yeah. night. You know, yeah, and he's, yeah. he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot of extra. Mm-hmm. Now, he made it happen, so it's hard for me to be like, don't do that. 
I mean, he's thrown for 900 yards in two games. Shador has. But at the same time, eventually those guys will get you. Sauerkraut is fermented cabbage. Fermented From cabbage. the realm of slaw. Love it. Dot com text line. All right. It's delicious. What about wrapping it up in bacon? What about those bacon wrap hot dogs after you get out of the bar right there uh, on the street? You ever get one of those? No. Never? Mm-mm. I'm not, mm-mm. I don't do the bacon anymore. I used to. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Just don't. Yep, uh, we we'll get, we'll get a lot of ketchup and mustard uh, action on the on the text line. Okay, Sid, do you, you you like hot dogs? What do you put on it? Sorry, DMac is actually talking to me in my ear. Of course, <laughs> sauerkraut, hot mustard, ketchup. Oh, really? You're a sauerkraut type of gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Faux show. Faux show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we only got a couple minutes left here, and we're gonna do our picks. Um, Raiders coming to town. Kickoff is in about two and a half hours here. If you're going down there, you're part of a streak. The Broncos have sold out 432 straight home games. It's going to be 433, so be loud. Be proud. Um, but be patient. Do, do, are we patient if things don't look great right off the bat? Because uh, last year, Nathaniel Hackett didn't take long to get booed and this team to get booed. <laughs> uh, if it isn't clicking right off the bat, let's have some patience. But Sean Payton also has a lot of success in his opening games. Uh, he won his opening game his first year in New Orleans, turned that team around from a 3-13 and team to a 10-6 and team right off the bat. So we're expecting big things, but we're going to have a little patience if it doesn't happen right away. Your pick for this game, no, Sean, and who's going to win and what's the score going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game. Um, perfect weather for it. I keep on saying that. It's perfect out there, so enjoy it. Um, I'm... I'm I'm going to go with the Broncos, baby. I'm going to go Broncos win this thing, 24-21. Close game. Um, close game, though. I think it's going to come down. Like, How's it going to come? Like, What's it going to look like at the end there? Yeah, it's going to come down to the end. Um, potentially a field goal or something like that to, to, to win it. But um, I know Russ is going to want to put it on his shoulders. But I think it's going to be a real close game. Um, it's a lot of newness out there, a lot of new – um, situations, right? So just get through it. I don't think it's going to be like last year where they're counting down the play clock and things like that, right? Yeah. Wow. It's not going to be nothing like that. But it might take a, a couple series to get into the flow of things, and then I think the guys will, will get going, and it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun one. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think the Broncos are going to beat them 28-13. Yeah. I think the Raiders just aren't – I don't. I'm not un- underestimating an opponent because I'm not playing over there. But I don't think the Raiders are very good. I oh, wait, think, we're able to put 28 up 28, now? one touchdown each quarter. Because the Raiders' defense is trash. Okay, They're bad. Max Crosby, one of the best players in the world. Outside of that, well, Chandler Jones not playing. Right. They got some issues on defense. Yeah. They were one of the worst defenses in the league last year. They were um, yeah. 30th in red zone percentage, 26th in third down percentage, 30th in sacks. 32nd in takeaways, 23rd in fumble recoveries, 31st in interceptions, 30, 29th in net passing yards per game, 19th in net rushing yards per game. That was the best part of their defense was their rush defense, and they were 19th. That's how bad that defense was last year. I don't think they've improved a lot. I, I think the Broncos are going to get off to a 1-0 start in Sean Payton's first ever game. And, uh, hey, but that's why they play the game. That was fun, no, Sean? That was good. We're going to do it again next week. Yes, sir. And you guys should stick around because Mike Evans and Darren McKee, two local legends in radio, are going to take you all the way up to kickoff. Stick around. Those guys are next.